you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, you guys. I'm so glad you joined for this very special episode if you are listening on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I also want to say to everybody, whenever you're listening, today is a very special episode where we're going to talk again about healthy masculinity and femininity in your relationship. So I hope this episode gets lots of listens and hopefully will make some huge waves of healthy change in your life because this is such an important topic. I just want to Right now, say, if you are listening live, make sure you are aware of two things. One is that we have our coaching starting out, which is so exciting if you're just right there in that game of like, I definitely want to make sure that I become a coach or an Enneagram Marriage Certified Master, then the next time we're training starts tomorrow. So make sure you get on the bandwagon. If you would like some time with Enneagram and Marriage Learning, we have fun. We do have Taylor Swift references actually in our materials, as I've mentioned, because we have to have a little bit of relationship chat, even as we deep dive into attachment work and Enneagram and so many pieces of the layered work that it's so important we do in our own relationships and as coaches. So we have a lot of fun in there. Um, Also, you can ask questions if you happen to take the live course. It's so fun when I get a few students to come sit with me. I know a lot of you are working and you need to take it later, but just to have a little classroom engagement, I think I'm going to have some this time. Very excited. So we also have a payment plan. Make sure you take advantage of this. This is such a joy for me to be able to uh, do this every single year. So that is huge. And even if you're listening at a different time, I want you to know that you're welcome to join any time via video. So that is up your alley too, hopefully. And you can ask us if you have any questions about that. Now, I also want to let you know that as we talk about the learning you're doing, we have even more fun ahead. And there are so many people speaking at the Ennea Summit for Love and Relationships, including yours truly. So I hope you'll get your free ticket to that. That is with Tyler Zach leading the way. And if you're ever just feeling lonely or stuck or bored, the thrilling news is that all of these speakers are coming together in the summit to truly enjoy time of teaching together. And I have a lot to share, as you know, but so many others do too. And I love hearing from some of the speakers just as much as you guys do. Suzanne Stabile is going to be speaking. We've had uh, Ashton Whitmire Ober on for uh, Instagram Lives before she's speaking. You probably know her. We have Steph Baron Hall. We have Sarah Jane Case. We have Jesse Eubanks. You name it, probably if they're in the Enneagram community, they're there speaking or going to attend because it's just one of those times when we're going to get a lot of love and relationship support. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you are aware of the date so that if you want to attend live for free, you know it's March 5th through 7th, but you can get the upgraded ticket if you want to. Everything for you is in the show notes. And as far as what we're covering there, we're covering how 
Everything will influence your relationship down from triggers for each stress type, from strategies to enhance your communication, emotional, sexual intimacy, healthy boundaries, parenting tips. I know I'm talking on conflict styles at length and with a slideshow. So to make sure to RSVP, like I said, go to the show notes. It's March 5th to 7th. And now we have these two pieces of upcoming fun ahead for you to get even more deep diving into your Enneagram work. So don't miss out, okay? And everything's in the show notes. Now, lastly, we're going to have our topic today, and I hope that, like I said, if you're in the Valentine's motif, and it is midweek, we have a lot going on even within that with, we. I posted some uh, midweek activities each type could do on Instagram because I was thinking, okay, we're doing, I'm going to take Wes to my pure bar class on Friday night for a couple's date night, and he's going to have to sweat it out there too. It's the Define Weightlifting class. <laughs> He doesn't have to, but he said he would do it. So I'm so excited. But other than that, like tonight for Valentine's Day, it's also Ash Wednesday. So I know I'm going to want to focus on that. And I don't know about you guys, but there's pieces of my life that I want to attend to spiritually with my kids. You might have something going on. So I just gave some light tips over that at Instagram, but don't feel like you have to spend it tonight. It's okay to say, I want to celebrate this holiday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, or just something simple tonight. And you could do this with friends, family on your own too. It does not have to be a couple's thing. But I also just want to encourage you guys that as we look at masculinity and femininity, there are so many conversations we can have about masculine and feminine energy. In fact, I already did an episode in the past about this topic in the bedroom. But today I'm talking about it in terms of you leveling up so that you can not just know the terms masculinity and femininity, but also be able to have the very healthiest of masculinity or femininity, whichever you need more of in your relationship right now on a healthy level. So I'm going to talk about masculinity first, and then I'm going to talk about femininity so you can have both. I hope you'll listen to both because as you probably know, when we talk about normative gender issues, a lot of this is very culturally layered. So in one culture, for instance, somebody might say, this is very feminine. And and somebody else listening here, their culture is like, no, that's so masculine. Even when I remember having my daughter Hannah as a baby, I brought her to a Target and this person of another culture stopped me and said, what's your baby's name? And I'm in that counselor personality that gets stopped everywhere. And I was like, Hannah. And then they were like, that is a boy's name, Ick. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's so sweet feminine. Um, but it's true that just understand the overlays are going to be different. So I don't want you carrying or wearing any shame if you've had your heart splayed out before by somebody who just didn't understand who you were and your needs. And in fact, I was on a podcast, one of my favorites that I've gotten to be on through the art community collective, The Breath and the Clay, the Makers and Mystic podcast uh, recently. And I got to share a shame exercise there too. So check that out if you like. But Either way, just allow yourself the reminders that even if you and your partner disagree on what's inherently masculine or feminine, a lot of this is just from their own culture. And then a lot of it is deep laden issues that are biological as well. So that when we look at studies in this realm, for instance, we can see that sometimes, for instance, women are very attracted to a man who has a square jaw or a wider nose or something that is seemingly more masculine 
But sometimes if they're too masculine in their looks, a woman feels like that's a little unsafe because he may go very far in nature. Oftentimes it's more based on we want these features because they feel like they would be genetically and biologically helpful to us. So in some cultures, it's been studied that during a woman's fertility cycle, she's actually very attracted to a very attractive male uh, in a masculine sense but that she's not otherwise. And so the consensus is going to differ between cultures and times in life and so many different features. But that's not the most important thing that I want you to learn about masculinity and femininity today. What I really wanted you to learn was this base of not shaming yourself, even if you've been told you're not enough, or even if you feel it intrinsically because maybe you were raised in a family where they're like, this one's feminine, this one's masculine. And you know how families can do that. And parents have done that in past, hopefully not in your generation, but it may have been done to you. And I think it's important that you address that with yourself and really allow some deep breaths and some uh, reminders that people have been wrong about you and people don't always have healthy perspectives and that we're still learning. But I want you to understand in a very general sense, now that we've gotten that baseline layer out of the way, that sometimes feminine energy can be seen as receptive energy and masculine energy can be seen as stable energy. Others look at female energy as moving or mysterious energy and others look at males as like just baseline like I want to make sure that I just am, that I'm here and I'm logical. But even amongst Enneagram types and people, there's going to be variants here where we say, oh, this one seems to have a little bit more of this and this male over here is a bit more receptive, et cetera. So in your relationship, how can you have healthy masculinity and healthy femininity? And that's what I want to encourage you with today. So if you are a male listening um, or if you want healthy masculine energy, understand that it's important that you address disrespect still. It's not that we want anyone walking over you, but that you also address emotions freely. I've seen it in culture even recently, just sad things that break my heart where men have not given themselves permission or maybe their culture or their church hasn't for them to actually express what's going on on a deep dive level. And that breaks my heart because I know they deserve that and they're worthy for that. And quite honestly, Wes, as a social subtype, sometimes our socials are a bit cooler and they don't always delve deep. And so I've had to really lay some space for him over 20 years to be deeper and just allow for that to happen. Maybe you've had to do that in your relationship, but it doesn't happen overnight. And you're still going to have moments where it's a struggle if you're part of this group that has been taught that they have to just man up and they can't cry and they can't express emotions. And statistically, women don't want a man who is just absolutely ultra needy or can't ever have any stamina to stand up for themselves and what they believe in and there's no solidity like that's not usually attractive either so really nice to be able to say as i develop ha healthy masculinity i'm becoming strong and also able to talk about my emotions strong and soft it's a beautiful combo and that includes listening to and validating your wife or your partner's experiences. So it's not just about fixing it. It might be called for, especially per pairing type. Some people might love a quick fix, but a lot of people 
especially if you have any four in your tri-type, right? You're going to want some depths. You're going to want somebody to be able to sit with the emotions that you share and also have them not fall apart with you necessarily, but just be in it. Just stand with you. And that can be very masculine to stand with somebody, to understand it, and to say to a level, I get it. I can't exactly know what's going on inside of you, but I, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And that is beautiful, whereas sometimes a man is more prone to like fix it, withdrawal, um, walk away, feels overwhelming. And instead, I just want to encourage you here, if you're a man, to take some deep breaths and to stay and to just be. And that is allowed, even if it brings a tear. Oh my gosh, if it brings a tear, we're swooning, most of us. Force me as a seven. It's a wild card. I might be like scared myself with my emotions. So I have to do that too because I tend to bring the boisterous energy of the feminine. Seven is usually a feminine type, but it's in this way that we bring the wild energy of like not sure what you're going to get. And so that can be seen as female energy, but I have to work on some of the vulnerable too. So um, I think that everyone has something to work on. But when we get to that space of you, if you're a man who is looking to connect with not a toxic masculinity, then you're going to want to remember these key terms that you're not just aggressively dominating and competing and making this resistance to therapy. Like I could never do my work because that's not how men solve problems. We have to fight physically. This is obviously probably not you if you're listening to this pod. But to be honest, it is still a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of cultural depictions of men that still feel like they need to be held up. So one more voice, mine right now saying, guys, you are allowed to feel, you're allowed to have pain and you're allowed to be real, it's important. But I also want to help women to know, please allow for that. It can be easy for us too to be in that space of not desiring that or not honoring that when we do see it. So we have to understand that it's healthy. And even if there's a part of you that is cognizant, remind yourself your immunity is healthier, not just when you have this stoic perfection, but when you're able to process and release, that's very good for your immunity. So if you're thinking these evolutionary traits of masculinity and femininity are so healthy, yes, but remember the release of tears is part of health and immunity. And it's a sign of health to look around and say, I'm not okay. And I need to work on that. I saw Jenny Allen just shared that in her public statement about her husband sharing that he's got depression on Instagram and, and how important that is that they attend to that together as a couple. So do understand that. Also understand that if you are a female and you're wondering, how do I have and hold healthy femininity? I want to speak to you in terms of where I've walked through with this and then where I've seen it in research. Uh, And when I say research, some of it is going to be conversational or qualitative research. Um, Some of it is going to be funded. But at any rate, uh, a lot more of the funded research is the evolutionary traits I talked to you about. Um, And so, yes, I get it that the more feminine and appealing and healthy women are often the most attractive and really good scent and fertility signals in nature. But I also want to talk to you on this qualitative uh, level as well to say the healthiest conversations I've had and seen being had in the community about femininity 
is not a woman actually who is super so uh, receptive that she can't stand up uh, on her own. And I think everyone has probably been there as a woman where you've been told that at some point in your life. I mean, my goodness, it's just so cultural that even my daughters still feel that sometimes as teenagers in this day and age. So of course, if you're older than 16 and 18, then you probably have at some point either worn that mantle or had that mantle put on you of true femininity is not saying anything. And almost like the dad versus the child relationship for husband and wife. And super ultra complementarian where the husband lords it over versus a partnership. And so I think that we're seeing the statistics that that's uh, the the people, at least in evangelical circles that Sheila Ray Gregoire has researched, they're not generally as happy in marriage. And there's always people outside of the bell curve, as she does a beautiful job of explaining uh, the research. And they did a lot of quantitative research even on this. But I think that there are going to be a few where it does work, where the husband is such a wonderful man that it works. But I know Wes has taught our daughters, like, there's not a lot of guys like that. So I want you to be strong. And I don't want you to ever think your husband is going to lord over you, but be intimate partners. This is what sex research tells. This is what healthy, happy marriage research tells is that we find a way to partnership, even with the strong traits of a man and the more perhaps often gentle traits of a woman. So that is the first level is knowing that you're worthy and equally beloved and that you don't have to be under somebody, but that especially if you're in a faith circle and you've been told any differences, remember the differences are that you're both to submit to God ultimately. Um, But the second layer people usually get to after this one bombs out and they're not being heard, and I hear this all the time, guys, like all the time, like every week, um, that somebody has tried this method of ultra femininity where they just complete receptiveness and the person is taking complete advantage of that and has lost all respect for them. And so that is where uh, women kind of enter the second stage where they just say, forget it. I'm taking care of myself. And instead of this dependence relationship, it's now it's either 50-50 or more often than not, it's two parallel lines that are moving against each other. And it's really sad, but it's just this new space of like, I don't even care because I'm doing life on my own. And I think that many of us have been there before. It's the dark night of the soul for a woman in relationship, let's just say. Um, And so it's, it's, and sometimes, by the way, men can get to that space too. It doesn't mean just women, but just a space of like, you know, I don't trust you anymore and I want to just go at it alone. And so I think you have to have some important conversations about how to intersect again when you hit that space. And they're usually going to involve emotional vulnerability. And that's why I said some of the types um, can get in trouble. And I'm going to make the argument that all of the types can get in trouble here because even with our heart types who enjoy processing others' feelings when it comes to their own, sometimes they're like, I'm out of there. Or for me as a seven, sometimes I'm like, the feelings will kill me. And it, it hurts so deeply because you want to do it, but you're like, it, it won't be good. It won't be healthy. So you have to go against the grain of what your own body and system are telling you. And you have to do some work right here so that you can come back with some healthy vulnerability. And why? Because it's not healthy to be in a relationship where you're not sharing your heart anymore and where you're doing all of the work and where they're feeling like they're doing all of the work and there's no more love or kinship. Instead, we have to come back from that fundamental attribution error, whatever our gender, and say, 
you know what? I make mistakes and you make mistakes and let's work this out together, but let's honor where we're each really coming from. Let's share those feelings. Let's get that feeling wheel out if we need to, or let's take a course with Krista or wherever you're doing your work, where you're actually, like we heard on Monday on the podcast, where you're holding the peace, where you're allowing yourself to really say, I can have peace and calm and talk about what's actually happening under the surface for me. And I can use we language and I can allow us to be partners and remember the good about you, even as I tell you what hurts, because we want to enter this third space of terrain. And I love talking in terms of Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, because we want to ascend that uh, marriage masterful place. We want to come into as many of our ideals as we can, especially in modern day marriages. We're not just content with our pragmatism anymore. So if we're going to ascend this mountain together, then we have to be willing to say, okay, here's what it's going to take for me to get there. And a lot of that is going to come from your own spiritual renewal. A lot of the work I do in that space is between me and God, which is why I said, I want some time for my Ash Wednesday. I want some time to process what I'm doing on my uh, Lenten journey. For those who know what Lent is, it's the 40 days before Easter traditionally along the church calendar. And it's a space and a time for you to contemplate your laments, but also just to spend extra time with God. And right now, quite frankly, both my daughters happen to be in a space of like really desert of not knowing their next steps because they're just in these, you know, ages where it's like, okay, I think this is the path, is the path. And I can feel these expressions in their lives so deeply. And I'm like, I do my ritual, sometimes a prayer, but like really deep prayer for them. I want to be on my hands and knees over these next 40 days. And this is a big piece of my life right now. It's not all about me and Wes all the time, because I know that we'll ascend the beautiful mountains of life and our goals as social creatures too, to bring in this next generation and bring them up well. If I cannot overly focus on him and, you know, just start like narrowing down, like I need to nitpick every little part of you. But instead, if I can say, you know, Ascending this looks like a spiritual journey for me. Sometimes it'll be about him, sometimes not. Sometimes nothing to do with anyone in my family, just me and God, or about uh, about this, this work I'm doing here. And that blesses my marriage to have a space where I'm spiritually doing my work because I know that I'm loved and worthy, even when Wes is having a bad day or coarse mood or he's dealing with this type one issue of resentment. It's like, I am not you know, going to stake my whole worth on that. And that's a great space for healthy femininity or masculinity, depending on where you're at, because it allows you to be you and who you were created to be. And yes, you're still part of them and you still glow and you have beautiful ways that you construct and create together uh, and merge together, but it's not the only part of your life. And then where it is important, you're, as I said before, in that that step away from just parallel lines is you're actually doing your deeper work together to say, here's what will bring us to the next level. Here's what might bring our kids to the next level. Let's process that together. And because it's Valentine's Day, when I'm recording this at least, or nearing Valentine's Day, I want to add something that I hope we don't forget here in all of the work we've talked about of, of doing this or doing that is 
just being together, allowing for that to be some of it, because you're not staking your claim in each other, finding your worth that for healthy femininity or healthy masculinity, you have self-care happening. So now you can just pause and enjoy each other. And you can have a date, uh, which you just literally get to relax together because your survival is not on the line. You know the other person has different opinions than you sometimes, and you're not getting in each other's way for the goals you have. And you're also talking mutual goals sometimes. So it's perfectly acceptable. And I think super healthy for you also to just take some time this week or whenever you're listening to say, what can we do for fun too? Let's bring some adventure back into our life. Let's bring some of that healthy, not just self-pres instinct or social that we've been talking about today, but the sexual instinct. Like what can we do to jazz things up, to uh, bring something different? And you heard me say, oh my gosh, what a crazy weekend I had with Wes. But it was beautiful because it was different. And I was taking that risk. And that's what healthy couples do who have really gotten to this mountaintop together is they say, like, I'm willing to risk, even though it's crazy and it's wild. Um, I'm here and I'm solid and I'm doing the work with you. And that's what I want for you. Um, but it has to have that element of fun too. So bring in a bit of mystique, some fun, do something a little different. Take a deep breath if your spouse does this for you. And um, if it's you doing the pulling, just like we heard on Monday, allow yourself to bring an invite. Don't pull or push but allow your own health to be seen and your own growth journey and your own life with God to be wrapped up in this story so that you still have a purpose even on your spouse's bad days when they're not the perfect healthy masculinity or femininity. No one is going to sit in these spaces all the time. And I think it's a really worthy conversation for you to check in with your partner too. Like what is a turn on? You know, if you are with your husband, say like, you know, this is what I love about you. This is what makes me feel like you're so manly. Or if you're with your woman, like, oh my gosh, like when you are wearing that, like this is, whoa, I'm surprised. Like I'm just feeling feelings that I really like. Um, tell them about that. If you're shy, read a note to them or let them read your nonverbals. Stare them down in a beautiful or fun or seductive hunter or huntress way and let them really sense that you are into them and, you know, be willing to attract. We've talked about this a lot before in this podcast, but it is worth mentioning this Valentine's week that attracting means displaying. It means auditioning, not just getting the part and then lying down and forgetting that you were ever a catch, but it's being the catch. And uh, that sometimes there's a little bit of playfulness to it. So I always say, especially on my Substack blog, like don't make people have to have like this carrot and stick, creepy, manipulative thing. Like you didn't earn my love, but do allow for some playfulness and some back and forth and some banter. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you will make sure to check out the conference. And if you would like to learn on a deep dive level how to help your marriage grow in our masterclass, or if you want to become an Enneagram Marriage Certified Coach, join me for that. And we have a payment plan now, and there's the free conference. And so we have given you, I hope, so many resources to shore you up so that you will have a wonderful Valentine's and beyond. Don't forget to check out our Instagram posts for very simple Valentine's Day. And I am here for it all with you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. 
If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.